we understand that you are a serious business owner or a serious investor. And this book has got to make sense. It's got to make results in your business. It's got to deliver. And that's really what, what our emphasis is on, creating a book designed around that objective. And that really is how we're coming to the table. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, as you know, my job is to interview the cream of the crop when it comes to investing here in the United States. And I love educating you guys, my loyal listeners, about the benefits of investing for cash flow. I believe that education, which is why I do this podcast, is the first step towards a successful investing career. And that's why you guys out there who are listening today have tuned in to become more educated and learn and grow as real estate entrepreneurs. You know, I will tell it how it is. I don't give any BS on this show and I dive straight into the nitty gritty so that you can all make the right decisions on your path towards creating long-term wealth and financial freedom for your family, for whatever you want in your life. You can take control of your life right now and that's what you've tuned in to learn a little bit more about investing for cash flow here in the United States. If you do like this show, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Jump on any one of those platforms and leave the show a five-star review. It's the way we show these platforms that I'm we are creating an incredible community of eager entrepreneurs who want to invest here in the United States. If you do leave a review, I will in return shoot you, well you've got to shoot me first, a screenshot of the review and in return I will flick you back my brand spanking new ebook which is the, called The Art and Science of Raising Capital Like a Pro. If you are thinking about getting into real estate syndication, whether it be in multifamily, whether it be in single family, whether it be in you know retail, whether it be in storage units, whether it be in mobile home parks, you need capital to do more deals. This ebook will break down the first steps for newbies who are out there thinking, I want to get started. I want to raise a ton of money. I want to go and close on a lot more deals, but I don't know where to start. This is where you need to start. So if you leave a show, a review on iTunes and you shoot me the screenshot to info at rsnpropertygroup.com, I will flick you back and return this brand spanking new ebook. And I'll walk you through the entire starting steps that you need to get started to successfully raising capital. All right, guys, I want a little bit more housekeeping item. One more housekeeping item, I should say, is that as you know, in 2017, I've started a mentorship program for those people who want to get involved in syndication, real estate syndication. If you want to start buying more multifamily deals and you don't know where to start, this program is for you. If you are interested in being in part of this program, I only have a limited number of spots, about 15 spots up for grabs. Uh, they are filling up very, very quickly. Hit me up again at info, that's I-N-F-O at R rsnpropertygroup.com and put in the subject line, interested in mentorship program. And in this program, I walk you through literally the A to Z of buying your first multifamily deal. My goal is to help you guys out there, the people who want to take that next step in their investing career. My goal is to help you take that next step and start buying your first multifamily real estate deal. Uh, I walk you through everything from understanding the investing lingo here in the United States to underwriting the deal correctly, because that's the most important part to a 
identifying what is exactly is a cracking deal. I then walk you through the entire process and the best practices for closing on the deal. How do you, no, it's not a closing on the deal, but how do you find the deal? How do you find the right market to invest in? How do you develop your team on the ground once you've found that right market? And then once you've gone out and found that cracking deal, how do you close on it? How do you get the financing for it? How do you then go out and start raising capital successfully? And one of the last things I do in this mentorship program is I help you create your personal brand, which is so important. And I talk a lot about on this show being a key person of influence when it comes to real estate investing or when it comes to any type of investing, uh, particularly here in the United States. You need a you need a brand. You need that's how you get started, and that's how you successfully raise capital and close on more and more deals. So if you are interested, as I said, spots are filling up super quick. Jump on, jump, jump on the Gmail, hit me up at info at rsnpropertygroup.com and in return, I will shoot you the entire overview of the mentorship package and what it involves. All right, guys, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today in the show, I have with me Nick Rathel, who is the creator of The 7-Hour Book, the proven system that allows any investor or real estate entrepreneur to get their own professionally published book while spending only seven hours of their time. Sounds pretty, pretty interesting. We're going to dive all into the nuts and bolts of what that means, but let's get Nick out here. G'day, Nick. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Doing great, Reed. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I uh, I heard you a couple of weeks ago on the Jake and Gino podcast. Love those guys, and I was really intrigued by the, the I guess the the business you have, which is a seven hour book. But before we dive into the nuts and bolts of today's show, which is to talk about what's the benefits of being published, particularly as a real estate entrepreneur, can you give us a little bit of a background on where you've come from and how you got involved in this particular industry? I originally come from a marketing background, started off with copywriting, originally from there, went into some real estate a little bit, kind of learning from the best, taking some courses. Then following that, I got into Facebook ads, did some online marketing, and then ultimately, through a strange series of events, ended up doing books like what we're talking about now. Nice. And so did you go to university for marketing? And I know we were talking a little bit offline before we dived into the show today that your your uh, your website is called Content Core, which is, it sounds to me like military base, right? Military background. Yeah. Well, I, unfortunately, I don't have a military background, but right. we picked the, the core, uh, which is what we started off doing, content marketing. Pick the core because really, if you're going to go into something like content you almost have to be, for lack of a better word, militant about it. Militant about putting out your content and being consistent. I mean, like you read, for example, with your podcast, you know, every single week it looks like, or most weeks, you're putting out that content. And that's really why you have that sticking power. So we were thinking the same, the same concept with our name. Got it. Got it. Sorry, sorry for the uh, the confusion there, but it was all, it was just uh, on the top of my mind. I actually just interviewed someone who had a very similar last name, like Cor or Corp, and uh, they were they were in the military. So I just I had to ask. Um, but mate, let's dive a little bit more into the, the the sort of the processes involved, and and maybe we can start with the why. Why would someone want to invest their time, particularly a real estate entrepreneur? into content and producing content consistently. Now, I know, as you said, I do this consistently. I do this podcast consistently, and I know why I do it, but I want you to, to sort of walk people through 
why they should, if they're considering taking their investing to career to the next level, why they should consider you know, investing time in, in, in intellectual property and content uh, for, for the wide world. Certainly. It begins with an understanding of the fact that real estate is not just land. And in discussing that, what I mean is that, yes, what we're talking about and you talk about often on your show is real estate in the land sense. But each of us also has our own personal real estate. And that personal real estate, if you want to think about it that way, is your life experiences, your insights, your background. All of that is your own real estate that you own and that's unique to you. Nobody can squat on that land, so to speak. Nobody can take that away from you. That is your own real estate that you have. And like any investor, like any developer, you can develop it. And the way that you develop your own personal real estate, metaphorically speaking, the way you develop it is through content. It's through a podcast or it's through a book, getting your experiences out there, getting your insights out there, and really leveraging that as an investment that not only pays initially, but really is going to have significant long-term gains. That's interesting because I have definitely subscribed to the fact uh, of what's called, I like to call a key person of influence. And I talk a lot about on this show how when you start in you know, real estate investing, you, 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 you start with your own money typically. And you get to a point where you can't, you know, you've run out of your own money, you need to start raising capital. And it's called syndication. That's what I do, multifamily syndication. And one of the biggest things I learned was to cr- create um, or change people's mindset of what who you are uh, as that person. I was a formal structural engineer and I had to change people's mindset into the fact that I w- I'm now a multifamily syndicator. And, th- and the way I did that was becoming a key person of influence in my sphere. This podcast helped me do that. Um, I'm also about to relaunch a book. So talk to me a little bit about or, or explain to me the types of real estate you know professionals that you work with, um, maybe not necessarily only real estate investing, but there could be, there's a whole slew of uh, real estate professionals out there that could benefit from uh, you know creating a book that would then you know keep them going towards creating a, becoming a key person of influence in their sphere people you're hundred percent correct on that real estate people in the industry whether we're talking about Asian investors do more deals those would be two groups that we're certainly involved with and that really would certainly benefit from becoming as you've said a KPI influence the way you get out there is exactly as you're saying too, where you demonstrate your credibility, you mission, if you will, from in your case, being a structural engineer to assuming really a new identity, but it's an identity that you deserve because of course you have the experience, you have the background. It's just a question then of having a channel of having a medium that allows people to see you in that new light. And a podcast certainly does that and a book can certainly do it as well. Interesting. What type of professionals have you been working with in the past? Um, not only real estate entrepreneurs, but do you work with brokers and real estate agents and any other type of professionals? Yeah, the ones you've mentioned are certainly uh, among our clients, certainly among the people who we're working with. Other ones that we've found are dentists. Uh, <laughs> dentists are certainly one of the ones. Yeah, because like people in real estate, they also need to stand out. There's, uh, there's more than one dentist, shall we say. Right. So that's, uh, that's one of the groups. Um, other people are coaches. Yep. Life coaches. People who are involved in some kind of profession. Yep. Life coaches or other people who, who need to kind of stand out and demonstrate their personal experience. 
No, I love it. I, I love all of this stuff because it's just so it gets me really fired up to to talk to you, particularly about you know creating that content. I a lot of people don't get it when I say you've got to create content. They don't understand. They've got to have a podcast or they've got to start a you know you know uh, maybe a small YouTube channel. And and not everyone likes to push themselves to create this marketing beast that is you know a podcast or a book or something. But at the end of the day, to stand out, like you just said, like in in, in a dentistry. You need something a little bit more. You need your story. You need your why, and and so that is really really important in my in my life um, to help me break me uh, out of the noise because there's a lot of noise out there. Um, so Nick, talk to me a little bit about the success rate on which you you have with your clients and what do they see in terms of the book and and how that has helped their careers and their businesses grow exponentially. With respect to success, with respect to really making a book work for you. One of the biggest things that people need to understand in doing a book is that this is not a instant payday. You are not, in almost any case, going to be a New York Times bestseller. But then that's not the point. The point is that your book that we're helping you with gets you visible to the right group. And once you're visible to that group, you can then achieve success, whether we're talking about attracting investors who view you as credible now, whether you're a real estate agent and we're talking about new leads, new listings, that's the effect it's going to have. I would also add, Reed, that other things I've seen with clients we're working with, other measures of success include being invited to speak, appearing on podcasts, good ones such as this, being asked to attend conferences. You get Really, the thing to understand as well about books is that a book gives you this fluid lead magnet. So it's not just a lead magnet in terms of deals. It's not just a lead magnet in terms of sales. It gives you just a flexibility and brings opportunities to you, many of which you couldn't have even anticipated. And many of which, for example, speaking at a conference, you'll get a call out of nowhere. And you haven't necessarily asked for the call. You haven't necessarily gone out and tried to find that uh, particular conference to speak at, but they found you through your book and it's coming back to you. It's that kind of, it's almost like, without sounding mystic, it's almost like karma in that the book really puts a major karma footprint out there for you that everyone is bound to see and come back to you. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening to this episode today thinking, well, what's my story? What, what am I, what's so good about me and that people would want to read about my story? So can you explain to them why it is so important and maybe we've already we've kind of already touched on this but to get over that that hurdle of well I'm not that good I'm not that special I don't deserve a book because I think that everyone comes to that sort of you know mental struggle when they're about should I launch a book should I not launch a book blah 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 am I good enough am I not good enough and that sort of inter uh, conversation that someone has with oneself that can be a little bit hard to get over that mental barrier to then take the next step and then reach out to someone like yourself and say, hey, I've got this idea. I think I've got something here. Can you can we work together? So do you see a lot of people struggling with that, taking that step to, to, to take action and say, okay, I'm going to do this book and it's going to happen and, and I'm going to put my name behind it and we're going to go out there and create this, this awesome content that I'm going to use as a calling card to hopefully to hopefully lead me to you know, speaking events or more leads or, or you know, whatever that might be. Yes, 100% right on with what you're saying about it being just this initial stumbling block, which if you think about it, whether we're talking about investing, 
whether we're talking about starting a business, that initial movement in any of these endeavors, that initial movement takes effort. And you have to kind of, in some cases, get over yourself or just, you know, get around yourself and get into it and just understand that you don't need an original idea. I think that's a very big one to understand. You don't need to have the best thing since sliced bread, so to speak. <laughs> Love you that don't, thing. don't need to have. Yeah, it, it's what's well, true because you don't need to have the next brilliant idea. Just get started and understand, too. I think it's important as we're saying you don't need an original idea. Give yourself more credit at the same time that your ideas are original and that what you have to say in your story and your experiences and your background does matter. And it is unique because while I'm saying that it doesn't have to be the next four hour work week, for example, which is just this, you know, monumental book. Well, it doesn't have to be that. At the same time, value yourself, which is ironic. We're talking about investing, but value yourself correctly and hold yourself in the right esteem as you're thinking about this, that you do have something to contribute and you do have some value to add with the book. Typically, Nick, are you seeing people just telling their story or are you, tr- are you seeing uh, a bit of a combination of someone explaining maybe a process or the way to invest or a particular topic? And, and if so, the, the, se- the second part of that question, is it coupled with their story? And I think I already know the answer to that, but I just wanted to hear it from the expert yourself. We do often handle pure procedural books books by realtors, books by investors, where they're saying, this is it. This is how we want to do it. This is how you do it. The reader, we do handle books like that. Certainly more often than not, we find the best books, the books that really resonate with their target, resonate with a niche, resonate with the kinds of people who are going to come back to you most often for the deals and for the opportunities. Those kinds of books weave a story into it. Because stories, well, there's frankly nothing like them. They have human attachment. They have human emotion. They get people involved. I mean, there is a reason, for example, that Think and Grow Rich is loaded with stories. Napoleon Hill could probably say, with all fairness to him, he could probably say his message in a couple of pages. (laughs) The message would still be good. But the fact that he includes all of these stories in it is what really gives it its power. And it's the same way with an investor, with a realtor, with any business owner who does a book. It's, that's, no, that's inc- incredibly true. And something that I'm, I'm personally struggling with right now is I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book. But, uh, and I know you and I are talking a little bit offline about that. But let's maybe, that's a, I think that's my formal question was a, is a great segue into the next question, which is let's walk or walk us through the process. You talk about seven hour book. Uh, that's the name of your company. That's the name of your, your branding. So how, if I was to approach you, Nick, and say, Nick, I want to write this book. I've got this great idea. Walk me through the process from, from A to Z uh, when, when we first engage with your company and then to a finished product. Right. Well, in any discussion of it, it is important to say at the beginning that some of it would probably be customized just a little bit depending on one's particular case. But we typically begin with a 20-minute call. You go to our website, contentcore.net. You'll see that that's kind of the official first step. You go on there, fill out your contact information. We'll get back to you, hopefully, set up a 20-minute call. 
Then from there, what we do is we proceed to really work with you and figure out what it is that you'll need. And from there, we're able to take, in most cases, if it is a fit for our system, we're able to take your specific concept, what you're doing your book on, and break that into a set of calls, seven one-hour calls usually, over Skype, and that's it. We're handling everything related to this in those seven hours of calls. So the beauty of the system is that it doesn't require you, the busy investor, you, the busy realtor, you, the busy business owner. It doesn't require any more than seven hours of your time. Now, to be fair, Reed, on our end, we're spending a whole lot more than seven hours. I want to be clear about that. As I'm sure you guess, you can't do it if you're the ones creating it. You can't do a book of any substance really in seven hours, a quality book anyway. So, yeah, just want to be clear about that, that on our end, we're spending way more than seven hours. But you, the business owner, you, the entrepreneur, the investor, you only spend a total of seven hours of your time on it, which is why, really, it's, it's feasible. You can fit it in your schedule. And at that point, there's, uh, there's really nothing keeping you from a book. No, there's, there's no excuse out there that you only can spend seven hours and give, leave it up to the professionals to write a book. Because I think that's another thing that people struggle with is that I know I personally struggle with it. I'm not a creative type when it comes to writing. I think my parents uh, cursed me by calling me Reed. <laughs> but uh, you know, I have a mathematical brain and, and I'm an engineer and, that, and that's how my brain works. In terms of sitting down and putting pen to paper and writing you know, 50,000 words, uh, it's a struggle, you know, and and so having someone like yourself who can help me do that and be, uh, and I want to say you're more than just a ghostwriter, and we'll get into that in a minute. But the process sounds very, very easy and, and very, very straightforward, which is what someone like myself I would love. Um, talk to me about that. Do I then go in after you've done that, those seven one-hour consultations via Skype? Do I go in and then add the add the story to it, or are you adding the story to it and, and I sort of give it? the final polish or final look over once, once you've done with the content. We're handling the story on your end. Uh, I, if, if that's, if that was the case, so we would be doing the work on the back end. I mean, the goal really is with any of this, the goal is to save you the business owner or the investor time. So you don't have to do this stuff. So you can keep running your business, not get distracted, but still get all the benefits truly the benefits of having your own professionally published book with none of the work. Very interesting. And I've always been fascinated with like, with the, with the big, the big names out there, Grant Cardone and um, you know, Barbara Corcoran and Tony Robbins. So do all of these guys have a quote unquote ghostwriter or they're actually pumping out, you know, book after book after book? Well, not knowing them personally, I can't speak for them. I can say, though, that I've heard that certain people who are, quote unquote, gurus or even celebrities do use ghostwriters uh, or some kind of outsourced writing service. Um, but again, not knowing them personally, I wouldn't hesitate to make a statement. On sure. That. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Um, so, Nick, walk us through that what makes you different from just being a, uh, a traditional ghostwriter, uh, someone who is, you know, maybe just has a has a background in in, in literature that can just want to practice their their trade uh, to a real estate entrepreneur or a real estate broker or a real, or a dentist. So, how what what creates you or what makes your your business different? 
right? It really comes down to initially three main pillars. The first of the pillars is our emphasis on marketing and results. We go into this understanding that this is more than just a creative writing project. This is not going to be a term paper or project for your English class. We're not coming, really not coming from that English major's background. No disrespect to them, but they want things to sound pretty usually, or they want to make people smile. And while that is all fine and well, we understand that you are a serious business owner or a serious investor. And this book has got to make sense. It's got to make results in your business. It's got to deliver. And that's really what, what our emphasis is on, creating a book designed around that objective. And that really is how we're coming to the table. So that would be the first of the pillars, the emphasis on action as opposed to just literature. The second of the pillars is the fact, as we were just talking about, that all of this happens as easily and as streamlined as possible for you, the business owner. Typically, if you were to work with most, if not all, outsourced writing and or book providers, you're going to spend substantial amounts of time with them, back and forth, emails and calls and all of that. And we understand you don't have time for that. You really honestly don't have time for that. That's why you haven't done a book. That's why you haven't gotten that out there. So we recognize that going in and we're focused on keeping this as easy for you as possible. So that's really kind of the second pillar. And then I think the, the last pillar really, or the last of the three that uh, comes to mind is the fact that, uh, you know, we're really interested in making this, making this something you can be proud of and really showcasing you. I think there's a lot of services out there. I don't want to mention any names. I don't want to make any enemies get death threats <laughs> because of this podcast. But I think that there's a lot of services out there that really honestly don't care. And they're just kind of like mills. And it's important to really understand that we have this streamlined process. We make it easy for you. But we really still bring that human touch to it. And we really still do. I do, and I instill in my team, those I work with, really instill that we need to care about your project and treat each one special. Even though it is streamlined, even though we are moving it in an efficient, relatively rapid process, we do want to put time and attention and effort into it and make this something you can be proud of to have your name behind. And that really sets us apart. That's that's awesome. And I'm sure a lot of people out there with the marketing side of it, you know, just the whole mental side of getting a book up and running is is one is one aspect of it. The second aspect is okay. Now I've got to market this thing. How do I get it on you know Amazon? How do I get it on you know Facebook ads and blah blah blah. So I'm assuming that you guys or your team helps walk those types of people through the entire A to Z process. Correct. That's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome, mate. Um, the the last couple of questions I wanted to talk about is the whole, you know, getting a, creating a revenue from a book, and the you know people put on um, you know put books on Amazon all the time for fifteen or ten fifteen dollars. Is that the goal, uh, or should should I say is that's the wrong question? What should be the goal for a person when they're launching a book? And I know that everyone's slightly different, but should everyone have the intention to launch it on Amazon as a platform to get your your the book out across the world? Because like this podcast, I put it on iTunes and it's a platform I leverage to broadcast my thoughts and ideas across the world. Similarly, with I would do the same, I would imagine, with, with the Amazon platform, correct? Right on track with that, mostly. Amazon is a fantastic platform. But 
we do often work with investors, business owners, realtors who want to just have this as a free ebook on their website. Oftentimes, especially the higher up you go in real estate and in particular into luxury real estate, you're not necessarily looking to sell a $15 ebook to people who are buying million dollar and multi-million dollar condos. It's just going to seem kind of weird, but you're going to have far more success breaking in, if you will, to a building where you want to work with the tenants when they sell or breaking into other markets through a free option. So yes, you can use the paid approach and you can certainly, depending on the size of your market, depending on how you market it, do well and have you know an, a nice initial cash flow off of the book over time. But really, it goes back to the power of this as a lead magnet. And it also, I think another important point to make is that you were mentioning, Reed, $15, $20 on Amazon. That certainly is one price point. Free is another price point. But there's also the upper end, which I think a lot of people don't consider. Um, one of my clients who I've just started working with, he's going to be selling his for $100 for his book or more. We're still working at the price, but he's probably going to sell it for at least $100. And if your book is to the right segment, to the right market, if the content and the value is there, if you're respected enough already, or if you have a good list, nothing saying you can't sell your book for way more than 15 to $20 that you can essentially set the price. It's an information product. And because of that, there's a price elasticity, which is totally up to you. It's up to what the market can pay. So from that sense, your book can potentially net you a whole lot more than you might originally be thinking. And I think at the end of the day, you know, for all the listeners out there, you know, tuning in today, the the goal here isn't to create a passive income. I think that's that's what Nick's trying to say and what we're trying to get across is that's a nicety, but at the end of the day, you want to be getting that content out. And Nick, for yourself, I know I've launched a few eBooks on, on my own so far, and I'm, I'm one of those people that if I get something for free, <laughs> I may not necessarily read it as compared to if I spent $15, $20 on a book that I bought on Amazon. So there's that whole sort of, you know, mindset about, well, I've, I've parted away with $20 or $15 or $100, whatever it is. I'm now emotionally invested in this book and I'm going to read it. And because I'm emotionally invested, I'm going to take more out of it. Is that Does that also play into the whole overall marketing ability and scheme that you want to try and implement when, you, when you're launching a book? Well, in terms of valuing something based on cost, I think it's worth uh, bringing up an interesting story. I actually heard about that. Uh, are you familiar with the Michelin Guide? Well, you have to pay for that, if I'm not mistaken. And the reason you have to pay for it now, you didn't used to, but now is because back at the, I think it was the 1920s, 1930s, the editors of the Michelin Guide found that their guide was being used, believe it or not, was being used uh, to create stands to hold up tires or to support. It was basically being used as like storage equipment. People were piling stacks of the guides on top of it so that they'd have a place to put, you know, materials, have like tables. And so they realized that people were doing that because they didn't hold the guide in esteem because the guide was free, uh, that there was just like too much of it, that if it's free, it wouldn't be taken seriously. So that's one reason why having a paid product and a paid book can certainly work. Um, at the same time, though, it is interesting when you're thinking about this. 
that I feel like a lot of authors, people we've initially worked with, uh, other authors I've seen, don't think that the book can be split. And what I mean by split is, is where you would have part of it that would be free and then the majority of it or more of the meat that would be then paid for. So you could make that a chapter. You could have a complete version of the book that was free, but then a substantially bigger version that was paid. You could have your book bundled with audio. Like if you were to take, say, for example, a podcast on investing in the U.S., uh, if, you know, if you were an author and that happened to be your show, not going to mention any names. But uh, if, if you had a platform like that, you could take something beyond the book, package it with your book, and use that to have an additional paid version of your product. So you'd be doing the free version of just the book itself, but you'd be supplementing it and augmenting it with maybe more sections in the book along with something additional like audio content, and you'd be selling that. So that might be another strategy that would allow you to kind of straddle, kind of creating a hybrid, if you will, between the free and the paid. So you're working both channels. Interesting. No, it's uh, it's uh, harnessing that four in a four-hour work week, like Tim Ferriss uh, once said. I, I love that book, and when you mentioned it, I uh, I'm a huge subscriber to Tim Ferriss. He's a, he's a legend. I, I want to try and get him on this show <laughs> at some to- at some point in the future when it keeps growing and growing and growing. Speaking of future, what does the future hold for you guys? And you know, you're, obviously, you're steamrolling ahead and creating some incredible content and helping businesses out across the United States and our, and and across the world. And I'll let you answer that in a minute. But what does the future hold for for Nick and in, in your team? I think the future holds first continuing to put out quality books that really make a difference in the lives and in the careers and the businesses of our clients. I think that's probably, in a business sense, the number one thing that we're focused on in the future, which is really making this work for people and helping people. Beyond that, I think, well, I think real estate is certainly an area where we've begun to niche a little bit. We may be niching a little bit more in that in the future. Um, And then I I think also... Probably just continuing as it makes sense to make our process even easier as with anything, really. You can always improve. You can always do better. You can always I think Tony Robbins has a phrase for this. He calls it can I constant and never ending improvement. And I think that's probably a big thing in our future too. just continuing to make the process better, make it easier for our clients and deliver results. Well, Nick, this has been an incredible interview today. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, But before you go, I want to dive into our top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Yeah, I think I'm ready for that. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? The daily habit is mapping out my days in advance. What I mean by that is that before the day begins, I take some time, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, maybe, if I have a lot that's going on, more than that. But I map out the next day ahead of time so that when I wake up in the morning, when I get into work the next day, I'm not starting from a blank slate. I have the day already mapped out. I have a general sense of what I'm going to be doing, what's important, what the results and the outcomes for the next day are, and that allows me to focus. And I would really recommend those of your listeners who don't do that already, 
or who've thought about that but haven't quite gotten into the habit yet, to do it, to really commit yourself, even if it's just for, for two weeks through, just give it a try. Because what you're going to find is that when you map out your days, you schedule your days in advance, it doesn't have to be an exact schedule, but just give yourself a general plan, a pre-plan, if you will, for the day, you're not only going to get more done, but you're not going to have those weird moments, as I think many of us in business do, when something changes or you end up having extra time and you're like, what do I do now? You're not going to have that when you plan out the day, when you script the day in advance. Nice. I think I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I, I was um, just writing some notes down because I think you've been creating some incredible little gold nuggets there of information. But I'm also, I started the beginning, uh, halfway through last year, started to journal a little bit more, like plan out the day. And that's been so helpful for me. So if anyone out there is listening, please give it a try and uh, take Nick up on the challenge of try it for three months. And I bet you after three months, you'll be, you'll be hooked. <laughs> uh, Nick, who is the most influential person in your career to date? Mm, that's tough. That's really tough. I mean, we could talk on the personal side, you know, personal people I've known in my relationships who've been really influential, kind of helped me, given me the values I have now. I think we could also talk on more the business side with respect to the book. I've worked with a number of clients who've really helped me initially up to the present, really refine what this process is, how we can have the most impact with entrepreneurs, with business owners. So I think it would probably be a draw between those two sources. And, uh, and maybe also not really in terms of a person, but in terms of adversity, because I think that myself and anyone listening to this, one of the most influential things as a category that is going to hit and happen in your career is going to be any kind of adversity. And adversity really does kind of add, um, what does they say? It adds a little bit of iron to you and really helps to shape your career. So I think that that's probably the third pillar. Nice, nice. A little bit of uh, school of hard knocks, right? You go through, everyone's got to go through a bit of adversity to come out the other end to be stronger, um, more vigilant, and you know, striving towards their goals. So I, I definitely agree with you, uh, Nick. What is the most influential tool in your business? I'm sure you'd have to have one being in the uh, creating books in seven hours. Yeah, well, you started to address it uh, a little bit with the seven hours part. Uh, in that, I would say the most influential tool is something that costs, believe it or not, $1. It's not a $1 app. It's not a $1 gizmo of any sort. It's a simple egg timer, a kitchen timer. You can set it for an hour. You can set it for an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more. I think it goes up to 99 minutes or something. But you can set it for that length of time. It really helps to stay focused. Going back a little bit to what we were saying, about mapping your days in advance, being organized minute to minute can make such a tremendous difference in your ability to pursue a task, to have your objectives clearly in mind, because you know exactly how much time you should be spending on something, and then how much time is too much. I mean, lawyers, we're not lawyers on this show, but uh, lawyers, what do they do? They bill for their time, because their time is valuable. And for those of us in the investing, those of us who are entrepreneurs who may not be at a law firm or charging by the hour, it's ultimately that much more important for us to recognize what our time is worth and to track it. And in my case, an egg timer helps me to do that. 
Nice. You're keeping. <laughs> I know lawyers like to uh, bill by the, every 15 minutes. So uh, <laughs> I hope you setting a, t- a timer for every 15 minutes to get onto a new task. That's awesome stuff, mate. Uh, what has been the biggest failure in your career to date? And what have you learned from that, from that particular failure? I think the biggest failure isn't necessarily indicative just to me, but I think it's sort of a failure, if you will, that I would share with a lot of other business owners and probably some listeners to this too. I think that that failure has been not thinking bigger, not really thinking and imagining what's possible for business, for opportunities. Uh, That's one of the reasons really why I'm so, I guess, uh, evangelistic about this book thing. Because you can become so much bigger as a business owner, you can become so much bigger as an entrepreneur than necessarily what you're thinking right now. You just need a channel. You just need a medium. And I've certainly realized it. And I really want to help people out there understand that you may think of yourself now as an investor, but there's nothing saying that you can't also be gracing the stage at a high level conference being treated I don't want to you know, get too far ahead, but being treated to VIP status at some hotel in Hawaii because of your book, because of your content, because you've transformed yourself. But you have to, if you want to get to the status of a conference speaker, you want to get to the status of a media personality, or you just want to scale your business unbelievably, you have to think big. Uh, and on thinking big, I would say there's a fantastic book of, of the same name. Uh, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, which I would definitely recommend for your listeners in terms of really building your vision uh, of what's possible for you and also in terms of helping helping you really get over a lot of the mental conversations, a lot of the things you hear in your mind as you start to think and start to imagine what's possible for you. And the book has some great exchanges, some great dialogues on that that will really help you kind of work out things that might be holding you back. So that book, again, if you're listening, is The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. We'll have that up in the show notes at the end of the show, but I, I completely agree with you. Um, not thinking big enough and understanding what you can achieve and taking that next step in your, in your career. Uh, Nick, this has been incredible. Um, I'm sure people have going to have a lot of questions for you. So where can people reach you to continue the conversation? Well, for those who want to continue the conversation, they can reach out online through our website, www.contentcore.net. And that's spelled C-O-N-T-E-N-T-C-O-R-P-S.net, contentcore.net. Awesome stuff, mate. Um, I just want to thank you for dropping by today. I just want to quickly recap on some of the things that I took away from this particular interview, which was absolutely incredible. I think the biggest thing is, to value your story. Um, don't be afraid that you you don't think you have a story, you don't have something that you can get on paper, but if you value your story, it's gonna help with your lead generation. Um, you don't need to be, the, the second biggest thing I, I took away from that is you don't need to be creating the next big four hour work week, or as Nick liked to say, it, you don't have to be creating the next thing as, as good as sliced bread. And the final thing is that you have gotta be thinking big, think bigger than what you are today, uh, and understand that you can achieve more, you can open a lot more doors, by investing in your personal content. Uh, I think that's that summarizes it, all of it, Nick, right? Yeah, I think it definitely does, Reed. You did a great job with that. Awesome, mate. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for dropping by. Have a great rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Thanks a lot. I really appreciated sharing it with you, Reed.
Well, there you have it, another cracking episode jam-packed full of some incredible investing advice and really takeaway tips about starting to invest in your personal content. If you have any questions for Nick, please jump on my website at rsmpropertygroup.com forward slash podcast and you'll be able to find all the show notes from today's show with any links that we mentioned as well. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge. Is that's what we're all about here on this show, continue to grow your financial IQ. We're going to do this all again next week. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing.